0: So uh welcome to the car dealer pro podcast. Today we've got Dara from from Ireland from Southern Island from Leinster Trade Cars. So hello mate, how are you doing? Hi Dave, how are you? Thanks,
1: thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, no problems. Yeah, I'm good. well it took me an hour to get here today cuz we're like just covered in snow. Yeah, but but I am you know, that's the main thing. And uh have you been busy then the last few weeks then since uh well this this like new lockdown?
1: The way it seems to work over here, um, you know, we're, we're in lockdown. We're out of lockdown. We're in lockdown. We're out of lockdown. Um, it's, it's very hard to plan ahead. At yeah. the moment, at the moment, they have us in a in a click and deliver so they kind of setup, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we could still do appointments and outdoor kind of viewings, right. now it's all gone virtual. Um, it has to be basically. You know, you go onto the website, you click yeah. on a car, you request a video, you know, an introduction to the car, and then it's it's click, kind of click and deliver. Yeah. Um, personally, I don't like the system. Um, I think it's I think when you're buying a car, you need to see it. I think you need to test drive it. You need to you know to, to go through all the kind of emotions with the car. Yeah. You know, um, it doesn't really work for me, so I haven't been I haven't been pushing it too much. Um, to be honest but I, I mean eventually if, if it is the way we, we continue to go on forward it's, it's going to have to
0: be that's, that's how it is you know and buying then, then, will, will you buy all your cars I don't know about the auction in Ireland or will you buy stuff from the UK like BCA places like that
1: There's one. There's, there's a couple of auction sites in Ireland. Um, there's Wilson's Auctions, which I know you have in the UK as well, and there's there's one called Merlin Merlin Auctions, which is in Kildare. It's only twenty minutes away from me. Now Merlin Auction House is fantastic. I mean, everything from the staff to the to the vendors to the yeah. to the cars. They're, they're genuine are genuine tradings, um, and in a country that doesn't have that many cars on yeah. the road and that many cars to choose from, they Merlin cars are as good as it's going to get for us over here. Yeah. That being said, they're not a patch on BCA, unfortunately.
0: Right. But um, but for like that, choice or the way it's all um, set up.
1: Look, it's it's not the auction houses' fault, but what it is is basically it's the cars that come in will have high mileage. Yeah. They'll be too high a mileage to retail with, yeah. with your outsourced warranty package and that kind of stuff. Or um, if they're not, if they are clean cars, they're going to make crazy money because at the moment everybody is fighting over the same stock. You yeah. know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But look, I, I I have to I have to say they're a fantastic auction house. Like, I mean, everything from the staff to 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 the way the cars are presented and the auctions. are ran. You know, before COVID, they were running three auctions a week um and they had they had plenty of stock, you know. Yeah. Um I think at the moment with COVID and all this, um, I think the new car sales are down. So therefore there's no trade ins there's not as many trade ins coming in and therefore there's not as many trade ins available to, to dealers and we're all fighting over the same stock and yeah. we're pushing prices we're pushing prices up and up and up and up, you know. Yeah. Um and like that they also know they also know that the appeal to go across the border now to the UK has drastically kind of gone downhill just um, with the new customs taxes since brexit with everything with the Knox levy that I was telling you about so, earlier so on so that's
0: and, and, and that's just been since like the brexit divorce thing the last few weeks that that's when all this <laughs> is kicked in then and just, well, just for example like if you bought a car from BCA before brexit how much would you have paid in like import taxes
1: well i suppose you'd have to start january 12 months ago when they brought in the knox levy now i i personally never bothered bringing in cars from england um it was too much hassle too much paperwork and it was just too slow for me you know. yeah. Now looking back, now looking back, I really should have a year ago or two years ago. But I wasn't set up. I wasn't set up then the way I'm set up now to yeah. to really benefit from from bringing them in that way. Yeah. Um, I didn't have the outsourced warranties. I didn't have the finance applications. I didn't have everything that I have in place now. That's taken years of kind of grafting and, and, and getting this put in place and that put in place. Yeah. Um. So I didn't have those at my disposal whereas now looking back i'd, I'd say geez i should have really yeah. i should have really done this sooner um yeah. but i mean going back 12 months ago when the nox levy came in what that done was it made all of your diesel cars from 2008 up to 2016 undesirable to be imported into ireland so what would happen is your 09 audi a4 that once would have been a fantastic seller it was no longer it was no longer possible for us to import the likes of that a4 yeah. diesel a4 without yeah. paying maybe three thousand euros in nox taxes maybe four thousand euros in nox taxes Right. Um, and then on top of that you'd have to pay your, your vrt which is your vehicle registration tax to, to basically change over onto the irish plate as well so what that done is it pushed up the prices over here because you can't get an A four anymore. So two thousand and nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, yeah. you can't get them anymore in England and bring them into Ireland and it and it make economical sense. It, it would it would make no sense whatsoever. Yeah. So the lads over here now, their prices and, and and they're going up and up and up because that Audi is now worth you know, two or three years ago a two thousand and nine Audi a four with, with decent mileage might have been worth five grand. Yeah. three three years later, now it could be worth six grand. Um right. uh, so yeah, look, you know, it it's it's really it's really it's really gone mad. Um yeah. and now now factor in Brexit. So now what you have is you have a twenty one percent VAT on the car coming in.
0: Oh, so they pay, you, va- they pay VAT on all the cars going in now?
1: Yeah, so no matter what way you do it, you'll pay VAT on a right. car coming into Ireland from the UK. And on top of that, you'll pay a 10% customs tax. So, what that means yeah. is, so you buy a car from BCA and it works out at, you know, £6,000. Yeah. Uh, then you put on your, your 500 yeah. what, or what are £350 uh, yeah. shipping, uh... And, and your fees and all that jazz. So just say it comes to about six thousand nine hundred, six thousand eight hundred. Yeah. Yeah. They'll then take ten percent of that and you'll be charged that in, in custom duties and custom tax when it arrives into Ireland. Yeah. So it's gone it's gone it's gone less I'd say less um desirable to import a car from the UK. Yeah. But in saying that it's pushing up the prices on the Irish market so high that you can no longer buy at Irish auction either yeah. um yeah and the end result is that the end result is that the customer now is going to be paying thirty percent more than what they were paying last year yeah um, and, that's, that's, and, and, and have you
0: bought a car in England and then got it back over Ireland and thinking, oh my god am I going to make a am I going to make a profit on this <sighs>
1: Me started. I, I decided. I decided to take the leap of faith. Now look, I don't. I don't keep up to date with politics, and I don't keep up to date Brexit and any of that. To be honest with you, yeah. I mean, all I can say is that they've been speaking about Brexit for three or four years, and I suppose um it was my own fault that I didn't realise or I didn't take it into consideration. In the middle of December, I decided you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the step and I'm going to buy a car from England. <laughs> and I actually, I used a, uh, I used a, a third party sourcing company that's over there. And um, they found it. Well, I found a car. They purchased it on my behalf and they, they selling it to Ireland for me, basically. And what it was, was a 330e, um, the electric plug-in hybrid BMW 2017. Um, oh, right, right. Now look, it hasn't arrived yet. I'm still waiting for it to arrive. Um, but I understand that things are a bit crazy over there at the moment with the ports being shut down over Christmas and and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um it was purchased. It was purchased in Mannheim, I think, on the twenty second of December. And if that car got here, just say within a week of purchase, I would have got it in and the only charges due on the car would have been about a thousand euros. VRT to change it from English to Irish plates. Yeah. Because at that time, at that time, the government were given a relief on plug-in hybrids. Um. So even though it was a, a one, you know, a seventeen uh, plate car, it was still cheap to, to VRT it because yeah. there was a relief on on the hybrids. And then the ports <laughs> the ports shut down. Um. So no cars were going in or out, uh, basically until I think the first week in January, which was post Brexit. And now I'm, it's it's still up in the air what exactly we're going to have to pay on the car. I've had to restructure my whole kind of business um, in terms of you know getting VAT registered, getting everything kind of yeah. um getting everything set up so that if if the car comes in and there is an import VAT on it. That at least there's an option there to claim back the VAT. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, um,
0: of course. Yeah.
1: But but the scary the scary thing about it is if it, if it works out the wrong way, if it works out the wrong way, what yeah. I had planned to stand us twelve thousand eight hundred yeah. could stand us seventeen thousand eight hundred. Oh, bloody hell! Um, um, and, and I don't want you to, I don't want you to to think for one second that we have five grand profit in the car because we don't. Um, yeah. You know when I when I was planning well, when I was planning that to come in at twelve eight, it needed a set of alloys. Um, you could say five hundred quid, and it needed a, a little bit of prep. Yeah. Um, it was going to probably before it was ready to retail, it would have been 14 ish um, yeah. This was this was the plan. This was the dream. Yeah. And then it would have retailed for maybe seventeen. Now, if it goes wrong. With with these taxes, with these charges, with everything else that's involved, yeah. it it could it could stand us 17, eight before we have any prep done whatsoever. So I, I couldn't have picked I couldn't have picked the worst time to import yeah. to import my first car. You
0: know? <laughs> yeah. um, like, I'm sorry to hear about that, but you know <laughs> it, it will make you stronger, and you do learn from your your mistakes, don't you?
1: Well, I'll, I'll I'll give you I'll give you a funny one because they still don't know themselves what's going on. And I was listening to a a radio show last week, um, and what they've said is, and maybe you can make a bit more sense of this than I can. If over fifty percent of the car's components were made in the EU, right, and then the car was first registered in England, and then you import it back to Ireland, which is back into the EU, yeah, you have to pay, you have to pay customs duty, okay, but if more than 50% of the car's components were made in England. Yeah. And you then try and import the car into Ireland, you don't have to pay any customs duty whatsoever. Right. Uh,
0: <laughs> well, how, you know, how are you going to find out all them components?
1: Well, that, that's what I mean. Like, I mean, being a car trader now isn't about actually selling cars anymore. It's, yeah. You know, like, I mean, I can only presume that, it, you know, a BMW, an Audi, a Volkswagen, you know, they're all German-made they're going to have probably more than 50% EU components. Yeah. But, but but then when you think of that logically, trying to tax us on bringing a German car back into the EU, but they're not trying to tax us on bringing a UK car yeah. straight into the EU. Um,
0: so look, it's it's all up in the air. Nobody knows what's happening, to be honest with you. Um, oh, bloody hell. Oh, that's an absolute it's, nightmare. Do you know, yeah, I always you know. thought, because I have always sold quite, not lots of cars, but maybe like four or five a year to traders in Southern Ireland. And I was thinking, bro, yeah, it must be worth them, you know, importing them and they must be making loads of money. But it sounds like a right bloody headache. Well, look, I, I, I
1: don't know because I, I've never done it before. Um, I'd imagine a couple of years ago, before the knock tax, before all this was set up, I'd say it was a gold mine. Um, right. Now, now the appeal is less and less. Like I, I've I've been looking on the BCAA website all week, um, and basically what I find is the small petrol cars that I usually sell. Yeah, your Kia your Kia Picantos, your Hyundai i Tens, yeah, um, Suzuki Altos, all that kind of stuff. There's no point. There's no point in in bringing them in because you're clean on a. 2017, 2018 Picanto yeah. is about six and six and a half thousand pounds. Right. That Seems to be what it's what it sits at. By the time you pay your auction fees, then change it over into euros, then pay delivery fee, Those type of cars, it doesn't seem to me. To me, looking at it from you know from my perspective, um, yeah. it doesn't seem to be that as much value in them. No. Um, whereas if you fast forward a little bit and maybe you go to the newer end, but higher mileage diesels. Yeah. 60 and 70 in place. Uh, Skoda Octavia, uh, uh, Insignia, Passat, this kind of thing. catch Cachcoy, this kind of stuff. Maybe maybe there's a bit more
0: value in them. Yeah. Um, you, you might be able to get a margin I, out of them, then, you think. Look, it's hard to know. It really is hard to know until we know what kind
1: of taxes and charges are definitely going onto the cars, you know, yeah. because... It, it's like they say one thing this week, and they'll say another thing next week. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm just hoping to get the BMW in sometime soon, and not yeah. to be crucified on it. And yeah. then, if that goes well, I, I'll purchase, I'll, I'll purchase something from BCA maybe and try that out.
0: Have you got any cars, right? That you haven't? Have you had any cars that you've had in stock that still give you nightmares? Oh, <laughs>
1: um, I've, I've, I've had a few. One a car I bought at Wilson's auctions. Um, no, don't worry. It's not a problem with the car. It's just a problem with how long it took me to sell it. Um, a <laughs> yeah. red um,
0: Mini 1. Right. So, so it didn't have anything super- on it. No, Nothing special. Just bog standard. Well, you know, to me.
1: As a novice it was it was fantastic. I wanted that car. That car was beautiful. Yeah. It had the, the white stripes of the bonnet, you know, it had the uh, it had the bits and bobs, it had, you know, the the mood lighting inside and all that stuff. It was cool. It was a nice little car. I had sold two minis before that. Yeah. Um, and I'd done quite well on them. Um, so I said, This is the one <laughs> So I think I gave Close to four thousand euros at the time for a zero eight low mileage full service history. All the all the bells and whistles. Like it was it was great, um, and it literally sat in the yard for three years. <laughs> three years. It actually it actually came <laughs> it came from yard to yard to yard. Every time I moved pitch, it came with me. Um, well, that makes and me then, feel better. And then eventually. The lacquer started peeling off the roof, um, and and the wings, you know where where those red minis, where the sun hits them for too long, and the yeah. lacquer starts to go. Yeah. So that started happening, and then I got even more depressed about the car. And then one day when I moved into the unit that are the, the the yard that I'm in now, I put up these. Um, I wanted to kind of block off the yard in in the middle and separate two yards, and I put up these um, steel fences. So they're about—they're called temporary fencing. They're about seven or eight foot tall, and they're maybe seven foot in length. And I connected—I connected them all together with these metal couplers. And I put up um, at the time it was very nice, kind of uh, tarpaulin. Do you know what that is? It's yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. The big
0: sheets, you know.
1: Yeah. But what I didn't know is that you're supposed to buy, you know, a a breathable tarpaulin
0: that lets the air and the wind come Yeah. Through.
1: yeah. so me being the, the handyman I am I bought all the fences I bought all the tarpaulin I got the the logos of the business put up on printed onto the tarpaulin and I I hung them all up with cable ties and it was fantastic and about two or three days later when the wind started blowing it was like a sail on a boat the things wanted the things <laughs> wanted to take off take off <laughs> up <laughs> into the air you know and of course of course, what was sitting right in front of the, uh, <laughs> the fence is only my little Mini. And it ripped, it ripped the metal mesh weld off the fence. And then it fell onto the Mini. Oh, and it scratched, right. it scratched through the paint across the roof. Yeah. So, you know, I said, oh, this, this can't get any worse, this car. Like, it literally cannot get any worse. <laughs> and once a year, once a year, I drive it down. And I'd, I'd put it through the NCT, which is our MOT, and it would always pass. And then I'd drive
0: it back, and I'd park it back in the yard, and I'd have a bit more, you know, yeah. optimism about
1: me. And I'd, I'd put it back up online, and I'd, you know, hope again that it was going to sell. Um, and it just never sold. And after the fence fell on at that time, um, I decided I'd give it a wash. And when I washed it, the paint kept coming off from where the, <laughs> <laughs> from where the fence had damaged. So... <laughs> was one a little scratch. Now there was paint flying
0: everywhere. I yeah.
1: was watching it. You know, uh, I think in the end, it was actually during the lockdown this year. I sold it. I just sold it. Um, Bloody hell.
0: How much did you get it was, for it? I got
1: 1500 um and I paid four grand oh, at the start. Oh. But there was no point, Dave. There was no point in, in fixing the panels that was after
0: defensive defence. Oh, God, no. Of course you know, not putting more lacquer on the roof putting you
1: know doing the wing and the door with the lacquer it was just no point yeah. when i bought the car it was absolutely mint like i mean there wasn't <laughs> one lacquer yeah. peel on it and by the time i sold it it was it was awful like I was i, I think i yeah. might have sold it in the damage repairable section you know
0: um but well, what were you like speak. when you sold it were you like oh i bet you couldn't believe it. i bet you were buzzing weren't you just to get it out of your life
1: yeah, 100%, 100%. You know, and I've got I've got a couple of those cars that just um you know, I just I just give up with them like I have a, a 07 Peugeot. Yeah. Uh, 207, the 1.4 petrol. Oh, and yeah. they yeah. all seem to have this common fault where they they leak, they leak from the cylinder head.
0: Yes, um, yes. And They
1: all seem to have that. So what I done with that one was I, I sold it. Um I thought the leak was fixed, I thought it was actually a time about cover, which was the leak, and um, on idle, it wouldn't leak at all, but under a hard rev, it would start leaking, so I didn't know, and I sold it to a guy, um, I actually got good money for it, I was after having it for a couple of years sitting around, and I sold it with a warranty, and I think I got about 1800 quid, 2 grand on it, um, which was, it was a profit, you know, it had been lying yeah. around for a while, so I was delighted a couple of weeks around me and he said, Look, this is a bit of an oil leak. And at the time, my mechanics that I use all the time, they weren't actually they weren't really operating full throttle the way they normally were. So I had to bring it to a different mechanic and he didn't want to he didn't want to do the, the leak. And when I asked him about putting a different engine into it, he, he wanted crazy money and it was just he yeah. didn't want to do the work, you know. Yeah. Um, so I gave the lad back his money and I just said, look, you know I'm sorry about that. Yeah. Um, I'll take the car back. Yeah, um, And it's just, do you know what, to be honest with you, it's just sat there ever since. It's yeah. never been fixed. Yeah. Every time I walk past, I get, I cringe, you know. <laughs>
0: um, mate, because you know. Like, it, it's so you good. You know. Mate, it's so good doing these podcasts because we all go through the same shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, like exactly, we, we've yeah. all got these cars that are in our life. And, uh, before doing these podcasts and, you know, you meet these traders at the auction, and they're like, "Oh, no, ne- ne- never lost any money on a car, never done this to anything." Is there something wrong with me? Like, is it is it me that's like, am I just picking the wrong cars? But in 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 in, a, in the real world, we all have these cars. It's guaranteed. We all we all have birthday cars. We all have lemons, and you've just got to have a strong mindset, haven't you? You've just got to you've got to. Sell them, move on, and then just keep it moving. Keep the cars turning round. That's my thing. But
1: absolutely, yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, with that Mini, I got as much satisfaction out of selling that Mini and losing, you know, yeah. two and a half thousand than yeah. I did, you know. And, I, and this will sound crazy, but that Mini, you know, it's just draining because every time you walk by, you see it sitting there. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, and when, when you sell it, you know, it's cash flow back into the business. It is, it, it is yeah, definitely. You know, yeah. I, I'm not operating on, on unlimited funds. You know, I, like I said, I started from a very modest kind of beginning uh, and I built it up and built it up and built it up and yeah. it started with one 400 euro car. Yeah. So where I, you know, I, I'm not somebody who can just withdraw more and more from the bank and buy more stock. Yeah. Every kind of car for me, you know, once it's flipped, it, it's back into the business basically, you yeah. know, Um. And and like that, you know, I got seventeen hundred quid for the mini or whatever it was, and I probably bought another car quite quickly afterwards. Yeah. And you know, I would have made five hundred or a grand on it. Yeah. Um you know, and uh, if I hadn't have sold a mini, I would have never made that money. So you have to kind of yeah, you have to remind yourself that it all kind of falls into place and sometimes you're better off just getting them out of your life, aren't you? Yeah.
0: Oh god, yeah, definitely. And and it's so true, like once the, they've gone, it's like this massive weight has been lifted off your shoulders. You know, you just feel you feel brilliant once it's out of your life, and they like, so just yeah, get, get, get that money turning, and that's it. So, um, so uh, is there any apps or programs you can't live without?
1: Well, no, look, you know, obviously the auction apps are fantastic. Um, you know, I, I think I'll spend about Twelve hours this week on BCAs, uh, BCAs yeah. just, just scrolling through the cards, um, and they are look. They are you know the auction apps are great. There's not many apps that I use um, in terms of running the business. Right? Uh, only the likes of Dundale and, and that kind of stuff. Um, obviously, you know
0: YouTube is a is a great app for DIY kind of stuff. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. You,
1: you know when, when you have spare time and, and you can. You know, you, you learn to do a few little bits yourself that a mechanic, you know, might charge you 50 quid or 100 quid for doing. And it is quite simple, but a lot of the time you're too nervous and too kind of afraid to start. Yeah. You know, something simple, something like changing a mirror yourself off a, off a door, you know, yeah. Yeah. a wing mirror off the car. Yeah. Like, I mean, you go down to a mechanic and he's having a bad week and he could charge you 60, 70 quid for doing that. Definitely, um, you know, whereas you know the likes of YouTube, it you know you can usually find what you're looking for. Um, now, look, I'm not, I'm not recommending people start doing mechanical work themselves. Definitely not. But but I mean the the, the yeah. basic stuff. You know you, you know you can learn. Even you know sometimes you want to reset codes or you want
0: to yeah. you want to do. Oh, it's brilliant,
1: isn't it? You know. Absolutely. Yeah. No. Look, it is it is great. Um, so. That's really the only the only thing I can say on the app thing. I don't yeah. I don't use many. Um, like I said, the, the BCA app um the Merlin auctions app over here, you know, my done my Dunedale app. Um right. all that's very good. And then of course all your banking online and all that stuff. Like I mean, I don't know about you guys, but cash seems to have dried up over here quite a lot. Yeah. Um yeah, I
0: You take card payments, yeah, then? yeah, we do. Well, what I do, I try to do card payments for deposits, and then for like uh, the, the rest of the balance, I push for bank transfer because, yeah, you know, yeah. if someone's paying six grand on the debit card, and you do like, I don't know, 10 15 of them a month, you're going to get a four 500 pound bill from the uh, the, the card machine provider. So, you know, I, I just try to push for bank transfer, to be honest. But, you know, when you get, like, yeah. an, an old person and you say, oh, yeah, it's dead easy, and, and they just look at you, and I think, oh, yeah. just put it on the card machine. It'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: yeah. look, I'm the same. I, 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 you know, I don't think I've received cash for a car now in, in a few months. It's yeah. always card, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, look, I'm, I, I use a, a UK card company, um, I've only signed up with them recently. And to be honest, they're quite good. Their rates are quite good. So as long as you're paying with a debit card and not yeah. a credit card, I don't get yeah, I don't, I don't get yeah. crucified on the, on the charges, you know? Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't um, do credit card. Never would.
0: And um, no. so, so best adv- advice you've ever been given?
1: <sighs> That's a hard one. That's a hard one. Um, <laughs> look, I, I think it's been said a few times on the podcast and on the forums. Um, and I think a few of the guys... That are around the game a long time on the forums have they, they always seem to give good advice and yeah. um, refund the money and move on. That's that's the kind of the quote. Definitely. Just, if you have a customer, a screamer as we call them, if you have one of them and they're not happy, give them back their money. You know, assuming the car is in, in decent nick, assuming they haven't done anything, they've had it a couple of days. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Give them back their money. Yeah. Let them go away happy and sell it to somebody who doesn't who doesn't mind or fix the issue and yeah. and um and and get it sold again. Like I mean, the mad the madness. I I had a Mazda, an old nine Mazda, a couple of years ago. Um, I bought it at auction, done a full history check on it, was absolutely fine, all clear. Sold it quite cheap at the time, um, to a lad in Cork. He came up, he test drove the car, he loved it, blah 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 he got it home and a week or two later he rang me and the airbag had came on and I said to him look it's most likely the connection under the seat that's usually what happens with these but we'll get it. We'll, if you want to bring it up to me we'll get it sorted for you but it is a three or four hour drive yeah. it's probably not going to cost you much but he, he, he came back with this whole thing of oh I don't feel safe in the car um, you know this, yeah. this, 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 this. Yeah. You know, he got in he got an assessor out to, to check if the car had been previously damaged and oh all this. God. And and like I said, there was no record. There was no record of the car being damaged. There was no there was no history report. There was nothing at all. There was no signs of damage. And he he paid this guy two hundred and fifty euros to come out and do an assessment at his house. <laughs> um,
0: this was after he bought it as well. Yeah.
1: Oh. What the, God. Guy found, what, what the guy found was that the bumper, the back bumper, had filler in it. Okay. Yeah. This this is the madness of it. The back bumper had filler on one of the corners. Now it wasn't excessive filler. It was probably a smart repair kind of job. But because this guy told him that he 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 paid two hundred and fifty quid to come to his house. Yeah. Like I mean, the guy is not going to say no. The car is perfect because you're paying him to tell you. Yeah. Um, so the guy tells him that the the bumper had been repaired. Now I hadn't repaired the bumper. I don't know if that's the original back bumper off the car. I mean yeah. the colour was the colour match was perfect. There was no signs yeah. of it ever being repaired. Yeah. But anyway, this guy he he made my life hell for two or two or three weeks. He was talking about. He was, he was talking about going to the police and criminal convictions and this and that and this and that <laughs> an absolute loony and he didn't I, I, look, at the start I wasn't going to give him back his money and yeah. I, I was thinking you know you've got a warranty on the car if, if the engine or the gearbox or the clutch or anything goes wrong you know the, I've, I've offered to fix your airbag yeah. I've, and then he, he starts with this you've put me and my family in danger and and, and you sold me it, crashed car and and, you know again there's no signs of this car ever ever being crashed Um, and it had a few months it had a few months uh, NCT or DOE left on it or maybe a year left on it and then eventually he broke me down because it was constant there was phone calls at night time phone calls in the morning time emails 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 and he eventually broke me down and I said look get the car sent back up to me and I'll send you down your money yeah Yeah. and next of all and next of all he wants the money for the assessor. You know, the two
0: hundred and oh, fifty quid. Oh, he didn't give him a
1: no. no, and he wants the the money to transport the car back up. Yeah.
0: Or he's gonna take me to the small claims court and all this stuff. And
1: long story short, I didn't give him the excess money but I gave him back exactly what what he paid for the car. Yeah. And actually I'm I'm wrong because I for, I forgot to mention. He drove up to me in an 06 Honda Civic with four ball tires okay yeah. the two back doors <laughs> didn't open it, it hadn't been it hadn't been nct it hadn't uh, been nct or DOE'd in, in over a year yeah. the tax was about two years out it was a shed there was green mould inside there was that moss on the windows he drove that up to me for three hours and he traded it in my mistake was okay I allowed him so much for that a car yeah um but when he when he came after me for the for the money. Yeah. So although I scrapped I scrapped his car, okay, I didn't get I didn't get retail money. Yeah, yeah, yeah like What him. what you'd offered him,
0: sort of thing. Yeah, but, but when he comes
1: back to me for the money, he comes back for the full figure of what I had sold ah, the car yeah, for. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so I ended yeah. up I en- I ended up giving him more money than actually what I got out yeah. of the deal altogether, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um yeah. Because you know when you take a trade in like that, you're not going to turn around and say to them, look, I'm going to scrap this, it's worth 60 quid. Yeah. You know the way?
0: <laughs> to be honest, usually, I, I, I do say that now. I just, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's scrap. I've had one on this morning. I'm just, I Yeah, I'm just... Uh, yeah, I am just. I think you've got to be like blunt with people. You've just got to be, you know. Because the thing is, they're wanting... Oh, oh it's got a little scratch on it, it's got that. And then you look at their part X... And it's like, like you say, four ball tires. Yeah. So you, you've got, you've got to be, you know, you've got to play the game both ways, haven't you?
1: Yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. But this guy, anyway, in the end, I ended up doing quite badly out of the deal. I got stuck with his horrible Honda Civic. He got the full <laughs> price of the advertised price of the car back, yeah. um, and and so on. And I left the car sitting in the yard for a couple of months. And again, it was going to become like the mini and the few show was going to yeah. become an ornament. <laughs> And I said, ah, feck. I said, do you know what? I'll, I'll throw it through a, a DOE. Um, oh, no, I, I got the airbag light fixed. It was about 20 euros. Oh, it was God. the connection the connection under the seat. Obviously, on the passenger seat, when he brought the car home to his wife, she moved the seat. It obviously just, the connection underneath moved or something. You yeah, know, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it was 20 quid. Got it pop back in, got it sorted. Left it there for a few months, sent it down to a DOE, passed, got a two-year... DOE
0: on it um, what, what's that then a, D, a DOE oh
1: sorry so, sorry when I say DOE sorry
0: MOT oh MOT um, right sorry yeah so we call them we call them NCT over here right um, and we, we call them DOE for commercial vehicles so sorry an MOT right um, right so
1: I got, I got a brand new MOT on it for two years because at the time it was still under 10 years old so we get ah, a two year right.
0: Oh, that's good bloody hell and, and I sold it to an, a, a lad a lad came out and he said
1: What's what's the story with that? And I said, oh look, it's it's grand. I said, I told him what happened. I said, look, yeah. there was an assessment done, and the back bumper had a bit of filler in it. Yeah, and I said, look, there's the corner, blah blah blah. And he said, so what? Uh, you know, that was, that's what he said to me. He said, so what? Uh, he said, there has a new, it has a new test. It drives well. Yeah, give me a couple of months warranty, and he loved it, and he traded in. He traded in a Lexus IS two hundred and twenty diesel off it which was
0: brilliant mint.
1: now I mean yeah and and Dave when I tell you the stress the stress this lad had yeah. been under the over the Mazda you know it wasn't it was the stress of the car and just giving back that money yeah. it actually slows you down in every in
0: every aspect of your, your it, it doesn't just slow you down but like your mental capacity it slows that down as well because say you're coming absolutely. in raring to go for the day you know you get like a A letter from the small claims court, straight away you're having to, like, use your mental whatever, and it it puts you on the back foot. So that's why you've got to just nip them in the bud as quick as you can, because, you
1: know... That's it, you know, and the stress, you you actually start second-guessing yourself, you know, should I keep buying cars? should I should I sell a car today, should I keep the money aside yeah. in case I have to give it to them? It just becomes this this horrible situation. So, yeah. so like what the guys say on the forums, just give them back their money and let them go. Yeah. And as, as long as they haven't damaged it or put excessive mileage on it, or, you know, yeah. you, you, as, as long as you feel nothing kind of untoward has happened with the car, I think you should just yeah. move on and just give it back to them, yeah. you know, within reason. Do you enjoy the selling, do you enjoy the selling part of it, honestly? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: it's right, I I do I do But the last six months it's I don't know what it is, right I think it's because we've got more cars So basically, when we had like 30 cars in stock that didn't bother me one bit I enjoyed it, loved it I still do love it But I think now the more cars we've got on Because there's like 60 on the pitch or I think there's 50 at the minute So your mind's getting took over every day by customers ringing, customers emailing and the amount of stupid emails that you get every day it sort of like wears you down it's like, when it was 30 cars it wasn't as many stupid questions, so now if I'm being totally honest the customers are wearing me down a little bit but the main aim is to get a salesman at some point are you Yeah, yeah, well, not, not, uh, not, not buying, because I know our do listens to this. He buys a lot of cars and he puts them on the pitch. Um, so mainly, yeah, I do still do a lot of buying, but also as well, the buying we do, we've got a car buying website, so I need to go to people's houses and appraise the cars. So that takes time out of your day, and then Sod's law, someone's ringing up. Can I come and see your car? Then you've got a stupid email. Really long game. I, I need to get a salesman. I, I I've
1: been looking at this for the last few weeks. No, I I've I've gotten better. Okay, I've gotten better. When I was starting off and before I had the the, the pitch I'm in now, I always said, if 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 you if I had a car up for. Four thousand nine hundred, and you came out and he offered me four and a half. Yeah. As long as it was a few quid in it for me, I would have said yes. Okay. Yeah. And I had a friend at the time that was quite similar in in along his road of the same business as, as I. And if he had a car up for four nine seven five, you would not you would not get that car for anything less than 4950 He yeah. might give you twenty five quid off.
0: No, but that's uh, like us. That's like us to be honest. But.
1: So I used to, it was like, I used to feel it was difficult to say no to the customer. So now now that I'm in, you know, the last couple of years, I'm in this new this new garage and I have all the facilities there, I, I don't have the option to say no because I don't have the margin. Or yeah. some, you know, sorry, I don't have the option to say yes. If you come out and you try and undercut me by 500 quid, I really can't because yeah. I've got to give the 200 quid to the warranty company. I've got to pay the credit card machine. I've got to pay the... The websites, the trade insurance, the rent, all the all the usual overheads that just build up and build up. Yeah. So I don't really have that option um, unless I reduce your warranty package so much, you know, and then you're only really saving seventy quid and you're losing six months on this kind of stuff. But um, at the time, I did find it very hard, and I didn't like selling because basically, I wasn't I wasn't strong willed enough to demand what the car um, was worth was worth. Yeah. You know. Um, and I I've I've spoken to my to my missus about this a few times over Christmas. I reckon even now I find it hard to say no, although I am a bit better, but I reckon it would actually pay for itself for me to have somebody Yeah literally yeah. all they have to do yeah. is sell the cars yeah. and then deal with the then deal with the callbacks. Because yeah. if you ring me, if you bought a car from me three weeks ago and you ring me and say Started, the car won't start blah 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 and your battery's gone flat because it's it's cold and it's, it's january i find it very hard to say no so i'll i'll buy you a new battery and yeah. that's probably 70 or 80 quid okay yeah um and, and you'll have probably chip me 100 or 200 on the price when you're buying the car off me in the first place okay so we're up to 280 quid if yeah. i employed somebody if i employed somebody for even part-time hours to say sorry no the price of the car is this Yes. And when, if they rang back, you know, and they wanted a battery if a month later or brake pads or some something like this, to say sorry, no, look, that's not covered under your warranty. Yeah, I reckon it would actually pay for itself.
0: Do you know what? You should do it. And, and I, mate, I've been thinking the same over Christmas. I thought, you know, it's um, even if you like, say, if you get someone part time, it will probably pay for itself. Because do you?
1: Do you know when you own the business? I think you become so invested in reputation and what people think of you and what people say that you're afraid to say no because you're actually afraid. Oh of yeah. A, a Google yeah. review. You know you don't want somebody to give you a one star review because um, it would actually it would actually upset you. Whereas if you have a salesman who really doesn't give a shit, you know, as long as he gets yeah. wages. His job is to say, sorry, love, the car is 4975 that's the price of the car, yeah. you know, but I'll, I'll throw on this warranty package for you for free for a year and, and this kind of stuff. And then when she rings back a month or two later, or, you know, whatever, with her window wiper stopped working or something small has gone wrong, or the electric window that the, the warranty company won't fix, that he can say, look, sorry, um, that's, that's not covered under our warranty yeah. and I think having having something like that would actually end up saving you money in the long run because yeah. when yeah. you own the business you say oh Jesus I better go and do that for her and next of all it's Sunday afternoon and you're, just, you're outside her house in the rain you know <gasps> yeah. fitting, a new ba- fitting a new battery you know and, and you've no life anymore you know you're, yeah. you're just on call I've, mate,
0: I've been that the, the straw that brought the camels back for me was uh, I had this bloke from my hometown of Middlesbrough bought a car online. Uh, he didn't know me anything; it was just just complete luck. And anyhow, we we got the car delivered to his house, and it had it was, there was something silly wrong with it. Anyhow, it ended up that I had to do a two and a half hour drive to pick the car up, bring it back here, and get it fixed. And that was because I was dealing with them. When someone's dealing with the owner, they are getting a better level of service, which is true. And it's what makes your business what it is today and all that, which is great. But I think for your own mental well-being, you probably are better having a, a, a salesman to take that pressure off you. And I mean, the thing is, like when I first started this, I was... I never had any aspirations of having, like, 60 cars in stock. It's just sort of, like, happened. And I was thought, I'll have 10 to 15 and just have this right nice lifestyle, just, you know, outsource everything and me just deal with customers. And then I realised that, do you know what, valeting these cars, it's right pain in the ass. So, oh, yeah. you know, doing I'm it like all the in, in the beginning. So I thought, right, if I, if I need to sell, I need to sell more cars to pay for a valetor. So I got more cars, then got a valetor. Then I was like, do you know what? I hate going on test drives with customers. So then you need more cars to pay for more insurance. <laughs> you know? So you, you're constantly on this thing where you need to sell more cars, get more cars. And then it was like, I couldn't take the pictures anymore. There was too many pictures to take, too many videos. So I've got a videographer. And all this stuff, if I'm being honest, has made my life so much easier and it's helped me build the business quicker. So what I'm trying to get at is, you know, you should get a salesman. If that's going to make you happier, if it's going to excel your business, just do it, mate. Yeah, look, I,
1: I, you know, I, I genuinely believe that the the cost of having them, that I, I think they'll save enough money in the long run because um, like that, if somebody comes out and they don't haggle as much now because they're getting such a good service my cars are, are, are pretty much very well priced anyway and they're getting the best warranties around yeah. like i said they're getting the 12 months included in the price so they don't need to worry about any of that yeah. so they don't seem to haggle me quite as much but even at that they will still they will, will still push for 100 quid or 200 quid off you yeah. know somebody on part-time hours if he saved you 200 quid oh, a week yeah, yeah.
0: One thing I would say is you need to instill in your mind, and I've done this for like five, six years, is just all the cars are fixed price. It's simple. as Like if they go to, I say to uh, customers, look, if you go to main dealer, yeah, the price will be the same. Say it's five grand. But once you come out of that main dealer, You will have paid admin fees, paint protection, warranties. You'll have ended up spending like five and a half grand. Where in here, it's five grand and that's all you need to pay. I think a lot of car dealers, we all suffer with the same thing. We think, oh, grand profit, that's my grand. I can have that for myself if I do everything. But it it doesn't work out like that because you end up just working yourself to the bone. And then you end up, I don't know, stressing yourself out, missing time with family and all that. And, you know, at the end of the day, the most important thing is, is your family.
1: Look, that's it. Look, I, I, you know, I, I don't know about, about you guys, but I mean, I'm starting to really see that the, the, the turnaround of the stock has to be quick. Yeah, so, yeah,
0: So, yeah, you definitely. know,
1: there's no point making a slow 1,500 instead of a fast 1,000. Yeah. Um and what I mean by that is, you know, an awful lot of people they buy salvaged stuff or they buy kind of slightly damaged stuff and, and I I've, I've tried that myself before with now nothing major but I mean the likes of a, a cat end you know, with yeah. might have a dint in the door or something like that. And I have I have tried it, but I mean by the time by the time you get it fixed, by the time you paint the paint shop, by the time it sits over in the paint shop for two weeks and then you get it back and you've got it, you know, put an N C D or an O T on it. Um then you advertise it you know it could be three or four weeks before that car is actually ready to rock and again at that stage you haven't actually made a thousand euros profit because of course
0: not. it's taking you four weeks it's taking you four weeks to sell it so you've really only made
1: 250 euros a week on, on that car yeah uh, um, whereas you can buy a cap clean or sorry a grade 2 car for example at strong money but you could get it in Wednesday and you might sell it on a Saturday so it is. It's a balance, isn't it? Like I mean, I have a recovery truck. I, I, a small transit, and uh, um, I can drive and collect cars myself, and I do most of the time. But it's becoming it's becoming that much kind of similar in price. In that I might be saving about seventy quid to do it myself, and, I, and I'll be gone. I'll be gone for six hours. Yeah, six yeah. hours to save seventy quid. It's,
0: it's, it's how much? How much is your time? Like, I, mean, I used to do the same. I used to drive to like Manchester to get a car. Because I think, right, it's going to cost 70 quid to get it delivered. I'll save 70 quid and drive there. But it's going to cost you 20, 30 quid in fuel, so you've saved 40 quid. But you've wasted the entire day when you could have sold a car and made a grand on it. That's how you've got to look at everything. How much is your time worth?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Look, that's it. And look, if you're doing nothing, like, I mean, I'm going to go pick up a car tomorrow um... It's probably, it's coming in from Northern Ireland, it's probably a six-hour six, six hour spin. But, I mean, I won't be doing anything. I, I paid strong money for the car, and I'd rather I'd rather pick that one up myself because, like that, I might save 100 quid or 80 quid, and that will be the difference in, in a valet or not, you know. Yeah. Um, if if I was busy with customers tomorrow or if I had a, yeah. a list of cars coming through, yeah. I wouldn't be able to do that. So mm-hmm. I suppose it's one of the, the upsides about, you know, to trade and being self-employed is that you can kind of yeah. suit yourself as well
0: can't you like I mean you you're you're not just, all doom and gloom no no you've just ended the best thing about this job is just being self-employed and working for yourself I bloody hate selling cars <laughs> I hate standing <laughs> I with, you.
1: you know you know and, 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 and you know, I know I know you want to go but to get to get to get it worse I hate selling these small little cars that I've started selling now these Chiba Cantos.
0: Well look no if you intent. ain't selling them just don't buy them whatever you don't <laughs> like selling just don't, don't even if it's, do you not find do you, do you not find
1: that you have to sell them twice because you have to sell them to the to the person who wants to buy them and then you have to sell them to
0: her father as well Oh yeah that's it always. yeah yeah the, the, the most fussiest customers like the the worst thing is like you know they will come looking for the son or daughter. Well, it's it's, it's my son or daughter, and it it's got to be a safe car. It's got. I don't want them driving out, driving around in a, in a death trap. Oh well, yeah, I'll sell you a a safe car, but all the other ones are death traps. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, of course it's, it's a safe car. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: no, I I find that stressful, and and what you're doing is you know you've got your Saturday morning taken up with.
0: Mummies and daddies Bringing their 18 yeah. year old out to, You know To see their first yeah. car oh, oh, the, Sorry to interrupt you But the worst one Is when The father comes He's like I'm just looking for my daughter Well haven't you brought her with you No I'm looking oh, for no. her like, you're but, right. Whatever you're going to pick She's not going to like Oh but there's this Lovely little uh, What it'll be like a, I don't know A, a Chevrolet or Something like that <laughs> Oh that's lovely That Your daughter's not going to like that Your daughter's no, going to want a Fiesta honest. Or a bloody polo? Yeah. That's what they all want. Oh, but but no, but these are good cars. I'm like, oh, it just they just waste your time, don't they? That's what they do.
1: Look, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. I I deal with that so many times, and it's you know it's it's Daddy coming out for his daughter. Yeah, um, <laughs> and she's not even with him, and she's not. So you know as soon as he arrives, you're not selling the oh. then or else the whole family and the dog come. Yeah, on, yeah. on a Saturday morning.
0: Oh, and man. Come one of these designer dogs that sit in the handbag and they bring the dog on a test drive and yeah.
1: they've gone around to every single garage, you yeah. know, every single garage they've gone to looking at cars um, and they're not actually, you know, and, and then the other side of it is you could have, you know, a 1.6 diesel with a few scratches and it, a dint here or there and an old man, well not even an old man, you know, a young man, 30 years old plus will come out and he'll say, Jesus, that's
0: a good car, i that one. <laughs> Mate, honestly, Rory hit the nail on the head a few months back. He went, like, Mondios, the people that they attract is older people that have got life experience, and that's what you want. You want people with a bit of life experience, where, like, when they're buying it for the, for the daughter or the first car, it's a second-hand car, but they're expecting it to be brand new. So Dara, mate, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, where, where can people find you if you want them to message you or anything like that? Get in touch.
1: Well, look, we, we have our Facebook page, Leinster Trade Cars. We have our website, which is leinstertradecars.com. dot um, Look, I know, obviously, being in Ireland, there's not going to be uh, there's not going to be too many people looking to get in touch with me. But again, I do buy I do buy trade trade stock from the uk um so if anybody wants to keep me in mind if they want to if they want to send cars across like you said you, you, you've sold a few to southern yeah. ireland um you know look there's always there's always a deal to be had yeah. brings it or not so yeah. uh thanks thanks Dave for having me you know it was it was a great experience to be on and oh, like i said i'm a big fan i love listening to the podcasts and uh, best of luck with everything mate
0: oh brilliant mate thank you very much